0: Welcome to Fatal Films, a podcast that explores women in horror, thrillers, and mysteries. Each episode focuses on a female created or female led story. We are your hosts, Laura Celeste Cannon
1: and Lacey Cannon Gonzalez. Stay tuned. In this episode, we look at the 2023 movie Totally Killer, directed by Nanachka Hahn, written by David Madelon, Sasha Pearl Raver, and Jen D'Angelo, based on a story by David Madelon and Sasha Pearl Raver, starring Kiernan Shipka, Olivia Holt, Julie Bowen, and Troy L. Johnson. To get us started, here is a synopsis. 35 years after the shocking murders of three teens, an infamous killer returns on Halloween night to claim a fourth victim. When 17-year-old Jamie comes face-to-face with the masked maniac, she accidentally time-travels back to 1987. Forced to navigate the unfamiliar culture, Jamie teams up with her teenage mother to take down the psycho once and for all.
0: We want to caution you that this episode is full of spoilers. We go in-depth on every aspect of the plot, so if you care about that, go watch the movie and come back. We'll be waiting.
1: And this is a newer one, so chances are you might not have seen it yet.
0: Yes, this is brand new it just came out
1: this month literally maybe two weeks ago
0: trigger warnings for this episode are violent death drug use smoking bullying knives yeah anything that you think teenagers do in slasher movies
1: abandoned theme parks yeah a scary woodchuck i think beaver
0: yeah i think it's a beaver
1: (gasps) is that a bucky origin story oh
0: my gosh oh my
1: god probably not i don't even know where this takes place where is this is it just any town USA? Vernon. Vernon, yeah.
0: But Vernon where?
1: Vernon who? You know I what? Didn't... Vernon why? It's going to be one of those days, folks. We are still in
0: 2023. I just pulled some things that I thought were interesting.
1: And not necessarily all terrible or sad. Yes.
2: Some of so... these
0: I did not know. <laughs> Totally Killer premiered at Fantastic Fest on September 28th, 2023, and I was there for it. So, this episode will include some clips from the talk back after the premiere with the director. In 2023, Celine Dion supporters started a protest outside of Rolling Stone's New York City offices for not including her on their list of 200 greatest singers. And I was there. No, I'm just kidding. I was there in spirit, though. An author named Susan Meechin who was previously believed to have died by suicide in September, 2020 revealed that she's been alive the whole time and did it to boost book sales. Wait, how can you do that? Did I she don't fa- know. Did she face any criminal charges? I would think so, but I don't know. I didn't do any more research into it. I have questions. Yeah, this is a movie. This is uh, a movie. Hopefully she doesn't get any money for it, though, because no. that's that's a really awful thing to do. You know what? Law and
1: Order is probably going to pick it up for an episode.
0: Yeah. Avengers actor Jeremy Renner is accidentally run over by his own snowplow, breaking more than 30 bones in his body. And Mexico brings into force the world's strictest anti-smoking laws, banning smoking in public places such as beaches and parks. Just say no, kids.
1: Yeah. Wait, that's drugs.
0: We'll say no to cigarettes, too.
1: Yeah, say no, because then you sound like this, kids. No, this is because of allergies, but I do sound like I've maybe smoked half a pack. Have a long history with this movie since it is new. Well, let's talk about how we became acquainted with this movie. How did you discover it? Tell tell us a little bit about that. Well, I was volunteering at Fantastic Fest this year, and
0: it was the closing night movie. And I wasn't particularly interested in it because I knew it was coming out on Amazon like a week or two after the festival. So I was like, eh, whatever. And we had to hang up this whole wall of posters for it. But then I found out that it had a female director. I was like, all right, I'll go give it a watch. And I loved it. It was so much fun, and watching it with a crowd was really fun. That's that's one of the things, like, I love watching movies at home because, you know, I have my snacks, I can pause it if I need to,
2: put the subtitles
0: pants. on, yes. But the energy of watching something like this with a crowd of people who are having fun is you just
1: can't beat it. Also, I can imagine that watching this in a room full of horror movie enthusiasts only added to that experience. And there were some of the films that I watched,
0: not this one in particular, but that it was like the first time that the cast had seen it. Whoa. So was any of the cast at the screening? No, because the actor strike is still going on, so they couldn't be there. Some of the actors from really independent things were there, but since this is a big studio movie, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they they couldn't be there for it.
1: Yeah, this is the Amazon Prime of it all. Meet the demands of the actors, y'all, so we can get cool promo again. Yes, thank you for fixing things with the writers. Yeah, hold the line. But these studios need to get their shit together. Yeah. Although
0: I did hear one writer say that they're going to be trying to find every way possible to get around all the things they've agreed on. They said they did that after the last strike that happened.
1: That's so fucking lame. But it's so, just, it's like whatever they can do to make money and get out of doing something that inconveniences them. And yeah. doesn't exploit someone. Boo. Yeah. I hope out of all of this, I'm going to go off on a side tangent for a second. I hope out of all of this, there is a new industry standard created where projects can be created with outside of a studio.
0: Yeah, I sure hope so. There was a time where things like that happened. And or, then...
1: and like distributing didn't have to go through studios as well. Because not to get on this tangent, because I just saw it last night. But I went and saw the Taylor Swift Eras concert um, in theaters. And I think about that all the time because it pissed off so many studios because she went over everybody's head and went directly to theaters to make distribution deals, which is historically one of the things that studios do. And so she kind of set a new standard for being able to do that, obviously on a very large scale. But I hope there's a new standard created where maybe we can render some of these studios that just want to take advantage of people obsolete. That would be amazing. It'd be super cool. But anyway, back to Totally Killer. Yeah, let's talk about this movie, Laura. You want to start us off? It begins on a dark night. Where Uh, a dark man waits with a dark purpose. Welcome to our Aladdin podcast. (laughs) The, The episode where we talk about only aladdin because long after my i've forgotten my own name i will remember the entire (laughs) opening to aladdin (laughs) the entire opening to aladdin
0: so actually it does not start on a dark night it starts on a sunny halloween afternoon ah see what i did there nothing (laughs) I was like, I don't know. We get a voiceover from a guy who we later find out is Chris Dubasage, who has the Sweet 16 Killer podcast tour. So it starts off with, do you want to hear a story? I have to warn you, it's a disturbing one. And so we are introduced to the town and what happened there through this podcast tour. So in 1987, three girls were killed all stabbed 16 times. The killer wore all black and a mask as they often do, but Ugh. instead of being like a really creepy old lady or a scream mask or something like that, it's a it's a
1: scary mask, but it's kind of based on like a blonde-haired hot guy. You know who it looks like kind of, but I think it might have been too early for the time. It looks like um oh, he was on Beverly Hills 90210 and he played Dylan. Oh, what was his name? I'm looking I don't it know. up. Because if I show you a picture, which I'm about to do, you'll be like, "Okay, he was played by Luke Perry, who actually passed away a few years ago." Very sad. Okay. Oh, yeah, I can see it. But let me find a picture of like Dylan back in the day. Can you see that? Yep. Has That's the same hair. Yep. And he even had the earring. I'm almost positive back in the day. Or Jason Priestley I know did. So maybe it's like a amalgamation of those of, like, the blonde, all-American, Southern California boy.
0: Yeah. I read an interview with the director, and she said that's what she was going for, that most of the time the masks are, you know, these defigured or horrible or something like that. And she was like, "Right." I, I wanted to play on the idea that the scary thing is the, like, normal, good-looking guys.
1: Which is accurate. Yes. Um, as most women will know, I thought that was really
0: interesting because the mask is pretty terrifying. Yeah. It's super scary, but you can also see like, oh, these are the things that are supposed to be. It's like the parts don't add up to the whole yep. basically. So like I thought it, sh- that,
1: it shouldn't be threatening, but because of little changes and details, it is. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool concept. Oh, yeah, I'm into it. On the podcast
0: tour, we learn that the first girl who was killed, Tiffany, her it was during her Sweet 16 birthday party. Her home has now been turned into a Zataburger.
1: Zataburger, which, you know, as promo, like if they were going to come back and do like a South By or AFF or something like that, like having a, a food truck that was a Burger would be so fun. That's fun
0: i love that idea and one of the employees comes out and is like hi murder podcast tour you want to try some of our fries and then she <laughs> says oh well when i think of a serial killer i think of more than three people and to his credit chris is like and this is i think he says her name who wishes that more people got killed
1: <laughs> and she's just kind of like eh, uh, no and um the actor that plays Tiffany, I love her. Her name is Liana Liberetto. She was in um, Scream 6. Oh, was she? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to spoil Scream 6 if you haven't seen it, so stop listening. Uh, But she was the daughter of the detective. Okay. I guess I didn't spoil anything. But if you know, you know. She's funny. I like
0: her. I mean, she's really funny. Honestly, everybody in this is... Good. I enjoyed all the performances.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty stacked cast, like young actors and older actors, like that we grew up with too. Murder podcast tour. We are then
0: introduced to our main characters. Our lead character Jamie. She's in her room getting ready to go out. There's like rock music blaring.
1: She's got clothes. It's a typical teenage Bruno. yeah set. It's like set up just as you would think it would be in a movie for a teenage girl's room. Her
0: mom. Burst Into the Room, played by Julie Bowen. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, it's great casting. And they play really well off of each other, too. Mm-hmm. And she's like, the music's too loud. You're going to burst your eardrums. And then she picks up a jacket off the floor. She's like, if you're going to borrow my things, don't throw them on the floor. This is vintage. And it's a really nice leather jacket. It's um, nice. On the wall is a poster for a group. And I did not write down the name of the group, but it's called, like, Kill. I think Killer Instinct. Killer Instinct, Yeah. She goes, if you're going to go to a concert, would you at least pick a band where I didn't grow up with the lead singer?
1: She's like, he was such a jerk in high school. Yeah, so um, if we hadn't said that already, Jamie is getting ready to go to a concert. Hey, yeah, wouldn't that be so weird to go? want to go to a concert with someone that your mom went to high school with? Yeah, that would be weird. It's also like, how do they still stay relevant? Because that was 35 years ago, so it's they're not a new band. So kind of interesting to me. I guess it's, it could be any, you know, old rock band. But just kind of interesting hearing, seeing a teenage girl and hearing a teenage girl wanting to go.
0: And especially, I guess, it's one of those things that they're like a local legend or something. True. Because they're from the area.
1: Yeah, and that's a big point because um, Jamie's mom does not want her to go out. She wants her to stay in. It, it's Halloween, and she wants her to stay in and, like, pass out candy and things like that. And Jamie has no interest in doing that.
0: Yeah, she tells... Both her parents, she's like, I wish you would just get over it. It's not 1987 anymore because they were friends with the three girls who got murdered. And the third one got murdered on Halloween night in 1987.
1: Yeah. So mom is jumpy. Dad is also hesitant, but seems a little bit more amiable.
0: Yeah. He's also weirdly
1: obsessed with the father of the podcast guy. Yeah. Because he's won some Pulitzers, I think. Yeah. He's like, oh my God, this guy's so cool. It's a shame his son is such a douchebag.
0: Yeah, he or calls him like douche-passage.
1: Mm-hmm. No, and the dad, I should mention, is played by Lachlan Monroe, who you won't know his name more than likely. But growing up in the 90s and the early 2000s, you have 100% seen this man in at least five to six movies or TV yeah. shows. he's He has had a very long-spanning career
0: and it's funny he has on a shirt that has like abs drawn on it and oh my gosh. he's like what are you and he says I'm Zac Efron which is just oh it's so dad yeah it's and so he, dad it's a painful he talks about how hot he used to be and then the mom is dressed up as Molly Ringwald from The Breakfast Club Yep, hearkening to later things. Yeah, and they have have a bit of a fight because, again, she doesn't want her to go out, which is completely understandable. She said, I never would have spoken to my mother like that. And she goes, well, you don't speak to Grandma at all. So, yeah,
1: definitely setting up that this is a tense relationship where Mom is trying to, I think, not hold her back, but maybe— Maybe keep her safe, keep her contained. And Jamie is not interested in any of that. She's ready to break out, do the things that she wants to do, experience freedom and independence. And mom's just like, oh, but maybe, maybe not today. So they go to pick up her best friend, Amelia,
0: to go to the concert. And we're introduced also to Amelia's mother, Lauren. Who is on her way to work because manufacturing doesn't celebrate Halloween. And also the fact that she must work the night shift. So one thing I thought was interesting was they don't address, like, Amelia's dad at all.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's just her mom.
0: Yeah, it's just her and her mom, and we don't need to know anything about the dad. And I think that's fine with me. I just well, know a, a lot of movies would have thrown in something.
1: It's like, oh yeah, well, with everything that happened with your dad. Yeah. And then she looks off to the side and goes, I don't want to talk about it. And then says something cutty and runs away. Yeah. That none of that. Because I think the thing too is we've been trying for a long time to just normalize families looking different. So there doesn't need to be this whole follow-up. It it's not, it's not important to the story. It's not important to her as a character. It's just, it's just not relevant to what's happening. So I love that they didn't feel the need to explain that 100%. And there's just some fun little things in there. Like when the
0: dad says, why don't you go up and knock? And she's like, no, that's so rude. Or he said, when you sit in the back, I feel like an Uber driver. And she's like, oh, one star, dad.
1: Oh, that makes you feel old. So a friend come pick me up just a few weeks ago, or I guess a couple months ago now. And they came up and knocked on the door to come get me. And I was so taken aback because that hadn't happened in so long. But, like, when you're a kid, that's what you were taught to do. You go up and knock on the door to get your friend because there was yeah. no way to, like, we didn't have cell phones to, like, call. That was the only way to go up and get your friend. But I hadn't had that happen in a long time. And I was like, oh, wow, I forgot we used to have to do this all the time. Well, when
0: people knock on the door now, I'm like, who is it? What are you going to do? Are you murder? What's happening? You're going to try to sell me something.
1: Oh yeah, I'm like, if the lights are already turned off and I'm not hiding behind a piece of furniture, that would be weird. Because I, if I hear the door knock, it's like, hide, get down. I don't have
0: as many problems making phone calls as a lot of people do, simply because sometimes it's easier to just say what you need to say than try to type it all out.
1: I have gotten, because I am one of those people, I hate making phone calls. I'll call people that I'm close to, but... I will do the little speaker record option and send people long voice memos. Oh. Because to me, it's like a (laughs) walkie-talkie. But I know a lot of people
0: don't like voice memos either.
1: Oh, no. I have a friend that does not like voice memos. She's like, why are you doing this? I'm like, because so, it's too much to type, and I don't want to call you because I'm not a psycho.
0: Yeah, so I don't know what the answer is.
1: The answer is do what you need to do, and that will be fine. As long cool. as what you need to do isn't murder. Fair. You know uh, what? Put it on a t-shirt. I just created merch for us. You're welcome. So while
0: Jamie is at the concert... Oh and yeah, Dad's
1: driving them to the concert.
0: Yeah, and he has to wait outside until the concert's over to drive them home.
1: That would suck. He can't even go do anything.
0: Yeah, leaving mom at home to pass out candy and also to get murdered. (gasps) No, Julie Bowen! It is, it's, I mean, it's a cool scene because she's taken self-defense. And we get that earlier from Jamie, too. She said, you've made me take self-defense since I was five or seven. I'm not sure. I think five. Got pepper spray, a rape alarm. uh, I'm as ready as I can be. Yeah. And she you know is doing self defense moves on the guy she's got a gun hidden in a secret shelf she's got other weapons stashed around the house yeah and this so- is
1: our first time that we see the killer outside of the intro that we get in the beginning so we're seeing the killer for the first time and this is the first time that the characters see the or the, that the, the mom julie bowen what's her name PAM Pam, why can't I, I remember the actor that plays Young Pam, but I was like, it's not Olivia. Ah, these names. But yeah, so it's a cool scene because she sees this killer, this mask that she hasn't seen in 35 years. So it's this, it's this very um, harrowing, hearkening back and she scraps. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is like how much she fights. It appears that people dress up
0: as the killer for Halloween because um, yeah. she said, I hate these costumes. And right. on the murder tour, everybody is dressed up as the killer. Mm-hmm. So it's the same type of thing as, like, probably, you know, the characters in Scream, if they were real, seeing people wear a ghost face mask around, being like, Yeah, and that person murdered my friend, and you're acting like it's fun. You're
1: acting like it's entertainment. No, yeah. and the scene itself, like, it builds tension really well. Because in the beginning, yeah, it does feel pretty innocuous. Like, she has these encounters a lot. But then as it goes on, it gets more sinister. Yeah. So she puts up a big
0: fight and she tells him, I've been worried about being murdered since I was 16. Did you think I wasn't going to
1: be prepared? But in the end, he does get her. Yeah, she almost, almost gets away. But yeah, he gets her. And does the stabbing, because again, the... the Uh, killer stabbed 16 times so she stabbed 16 times and it's pretty brutal but also it's not so gory that you can't watch it if you know what I mean Chris
0: is live streaming from outside of the house you know because he has the podcast about the killer and he's like the expert
1: Yeah, and it's like, that's crazy, because he keeps saying that they were friends. And it's like, how can you go outside your friend's house after they've been freshly murdered for a podcast episode?
0: Yeah. We see, like, Kiernan is a really good
1: actor. Kieran Shipka.
0: Yeah, she just is sitting there, and you
1: see the grief on her. Oh, yeah. I think it's her performance that makes the movie what it is. Because everything is real. Everything is taken very seriously, even when it's not serious. But yeah, Yeah. in this part too, yeah, it's like palpable grief. Yeah, she's just just real
0: in in her acting. Like it doesn't feel forced or anything. Mm -hmm. There's another scene later on where she's talking about her mom. Or she's talking about something and she's fine. And then all of a sudden she says like one word and... It's like you can just see it wash over her afresh. And it's like, wow, that's Mm -hmm. a very, very nuanced moment, a very good performance. Yeah. So at school, we are introduced to the principal, the coach, and the sheriff, all of whom were also in mom and dad's high school class. The principal was the nerdy guy. The coach was the bully. J- the and, jock, yeah. Yeah, and the uh, sheriff was the stoner chick. Yeah, who was also the sheriff's kid. Yes. So, interesting, legacy. And so the coach is giving a talk about self-defense, and he goes, just remember, avoid the knife, save
1: your life. <laughs> and it's like, good talk. How did I forget that? I just watched this movie. That's so great. I avoid know. Avoid the knife, save your life. <laughs> and all the- this is happening, and Jamie's back in school. Yeah. She so just, they're just like, let's talk about all of this right in front of the kid whose mom was just murdered.
0: And so they, the principal and the sheriff pull her aside and they're like, you know, we need to talk to you to say, you know, where was your dad when this happened? And what was your mom's relationship with Chris Dubasage, And was your dad the jealous type? And Jamie goes off on the sheriff and is like, You've had it out for my dad. It's time to get over whatever high school bullshit y'all had. And she says, um, you need to do what your deadbeat rent-a-cop dad didn't do 35 years ago and catch the killer.
1: And we're just sitting watching the screen snapping like, yeah. Yeah.
0: So she's not not playing nice or anything. She's like, y'all need to fucking get your job
1: done. She's not ready to make nice. She's not ready to back down. She's mad as hell. And she's not going to take it anymore. That wasn't the lyric, but that's okay. Oh, that was from a movie. Well, yeah, it was. And what I was referencing was a song by the chicks. Oh. Called Not Ready to Make Nice, I think. I'm old. I can't remember.
0: Oh, I was referencing the movie Network.
1: I was not. And I did not realize that's where that came from. (laughs) Mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Wait, did they steal that from the
0: chicks? Uh, No, that movie was made in the 70s, so the chicks stole it from that.
1: Oh my God, I was thinking of the social network. <laughs> 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 well, this was a journey we just went on, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time for our next uh, installment of Derailment. Yeah. So at Billy's
0: Boardwalk, we see the weird beaver thing that says, like, welcome to Billy's Boardwalk. Have fun. Which is surprising to me that it even works as much as it does.
1: But That was my biggest question throughout this whole movie was how does this beaver woodchuck creature at this abandoned amusement park still work? Wouldn't the power have been turned off? But that's not the point, I guess. But also, the thing is, like, it doesn't say all the words. So it's like, Billy's (laughs) fun. So you just hear, like, random words. But uh, the one that that just keeps persisting is fun, fun. So this is where the
0: school science fair is going to be held, because the principal got it for free.
1: Yeah, because I... When I saw where they were going with all their science fair gear, I'm like, why are they hosting this at an abandoned amusement park? And then, literally, one of the questions, one of the characters has the exact same questions. And to myself, I thought, I wrote this movie. I guess they just didn't have room at the school gym. Which also, why was your next choice an abandoned amusement park? Yeah. Like, what about, like, a community center? Is there a rec room? Is there, like, a pavilion at a park? Why do we have to go straight to Abandoned Amusement Park? Yeah. <laughs> well, we only have these two options, guys. It's either school or the Abandoned Amusement Park. I don't know what to tell you. We don't have a church in this town that has a fellowship hall. We also don't have any rooms for community things. There's no library.
0: Or if it's going to be outside, why not just, like, I don't know, on Main Street or something. But I don't know. You know what?
1: I have questions. I
0: mean, for the plot, for the plot, it makes sense. It works out, yeah. But but,
1: but it also does not make sense at
0: all. And this is where we find out that her best friend, Amelia, is building a time machine out of a photo booth, which
1: I absolutely love. I've been watching these videos on TikTok where um, this guy buys old 80s video games, or the last thing he just bought was a old VHS, like, Rental, but it's like a vending machine. Oh, cool! So it's like a VHS vending machine, and he was gonna stack it or stock it with movies, but he was like cleaning it up. And so, watching Amelia tinker on the photo booth was giving me that kind of vibe. So, yeah,
0: she's using her mom's high school notebook of ideas
1: to try to build
0: this time machine.
1: Yeah, because I guess her mom was just a genius and decided to stop working on her inventions her ideas as it were yes i'm not sure something about that they say she's they were i feel like jamie says something like oh why didn't she do anything with this and and it's like i don't know she she got old she grew up she's an adult
0: yeah They also, somebody says something about like, you're as weird as your mom or, so she's obviously like not real popular in the Did a teacher
1: or a student say that? I can't remember. Because why would a student say that? They don't know her mom like that. That's true. Maybe, I, maybe I'm remembering
0: something that didn't happen.
1: Or, you know what, people, kids all the time pick up things their parents say. So, you know, they yeah. can just be a mouthpiece for things they heard at home. I know about that.
0: But back at home, Jamie's listening to the latest episode of the Sweet 16 Killer podcast, I guess, just to see if there's any information that she doesn't have. Her dad comes in because there's a, it's, it's a funny scene where it's like, is the killer still lurking out there? And she kind of like sees her closet doors open. So she goes Mm -hmm. to check and then her dad like walks in and he tells her this sweet story about how they found out that they were pregnant because they went on the quantum drop ride and both of them started throwing up, but mom didn't stop throwing up. So then she took a pregnancy test and he was like, and that's how we got you because we know the quantum drop.
1: What a, what a story. Also feeding into the pregnancy narr- or stereotypes of women have to throw up if they're pregnant. I mean, it does happen a lot, but not it does, always. But it's like there are a lot of women out there that do not experience that. But also, I mean, going on the quantum drop might bring that out in everybody. True. I never rode that. I don't re- remember what it was called at the little fairs and where we went, but we had the same type of ride. I remember riding
0: it one time. It just spins you around, right? It spins you around really fast and like the centrifugal force or whatever, yeah. like throws you against the wall so you can't move.
1: Yeah. I was so scared of it as a kid. I never went on it, but it's like, oh, it just spins you around really fast and you have to stay in one place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they
0: have them anymore. I have a feeling they're probably a danger.
1: I'm like, someone probably died on one.
0: Yeah, well, because there's no restraints or anything. You're you just, just,
1: there's handles on either side and you just hold on.
0: I mean, back in the day, there wasn't handles. Oh,
1: I thought there <laughs> were handles. I thought there, no. was, there was like a grab bar. I think maybe they put them in at some point. Jesus, growing up, when we did was a hazard. Well, that's when she,
0: she says the 80s are wild. It's like, yeah. Now, yeah. I was, you know, too young, so I didn't remember a lot of the stuff. But the 90s were a wild time as well.
1: Well, we had we, the, the places we lived in the 90s were still in the 80s in a lot of ways because, Fair. you know, money and spending in the towns that we lived in didn't care if your uh, playground was safety or safe or whatever. Yeah. So you were probably playing on the same merry merry-go-round that had been there since the sixties. That is that is very true. So in a way, we kind of all grew up in the eighties. But she meets up with
0: Chris to see if he has any information, also
1: to find out if him and his her mom were having an affair. Oh yeah, because because the dad hates him so much, and she's like, well, I mean, why they must were they was he worried they were
0: together or something. Well, and that's what the sheriff alluded to also because she said mm-hmm. there was a lot of text messages between them. Yeah. He gives her a note that apparently Pam, Jamie's mom, gave him. The killer left it on her locker and it says, you're next one day or someday.
1: Yeah. So he's been holding on to this note for 35 years of or course- he's, or she's had it for 35 years and he somehow got it. I don't remember, yeah. remember exactly. Well, she gave it to him. Yeah. 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 I just don't remember the timing. Like, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So she's been scared of this killer for that long, which the first thing that popped into my mind when that when I saw that bit was like, well, then why did she move back to Vernon? That like, is the question. I would have lived somewhere else. No, yeah. it's almost like it
1: needed to happen for the plot.
0: Yeah. So she gets this information from Chris and then is meeting up with Amelia at the boardwalk because she's like, I have to go back in time to solve these murders. Like, I've got to keep my mom from being killed. But while she's there, the killer shows up. Oh, first, though, this is just a little, uh, (laughs) but it made me laugh. She gets scared by something and it turns out to be like a dummy or a mask and Amelia walks up and she goes, did you just pepper spray the witch? <laughs> and she goes, kind of, no, kind and then of that's about when, it. Yeah. And that's when the killer shows up. So she runs. She's trying to hide. She goes into the time machine, but then she accidentally pushes a button and it starts making noise so the killer knows where she is he follows her in there they're fighting he stabs the control panel which makes the time machine work because we'll find out later it needed an extra metal conductor when she opens the curtain she's in 1987 and they film it in this really cool way where everything's it's kind of like a bubble view so like everything's a little bit distorted Distorted. in a way which I really love because it's it's like the off balance of like whoa what happened where am I everything's different
1: it also reminds me of the video games that you used to play like you know at the laundromat or like the arcade for like normal kids but you remember at the laundromat they used to have arcade games like that and it Mm -hmm. reminds me of the screens that would go over the top of the games that kind of bubbled it oh yeah So I'm sure it was like to be distorted. But also to me, it was like this very nostalgic, like retro thing.
0: And I really love that she actually gets the photos of the killer
1: attacking her from the photo booth.
0: (laughs) Memories. But a guy comes, a guy and a girl come up and they want to use it. And she's like, no, no, you can't. So she grabs an out of order sign that's like on a hot dog cart or something and puts it on the photo booth.
1: And no one questions her. They're just like, yeah, you obviously work here. So we're just going to listen to you. No one questions her. The other thing that I thought of was like, that out of order sign
0: won't keep people from going into that photo booth. Literally. But this is a good time to take a quick break and talk about our director, Nanachka Han. So she was born in June of 1973 and attended the University of Southern California's School of Cinematic Arts. She created and executive produced the comedy series Don't Trust the Be in Apartment 23, which I absolutely love. Yep. Fresh Great off show. the boat. Love that show. And Young Rock. Haven't seen it. She directed the 2019 Netflix film Always Be My Maybe. That was
1: really cute. Have you have you seen it? No, I haven't. It's cute. It's it's a really sweet rom-com. Mom and dad actually might like that. Oh, okay. I'll have not, to check it out. <laughs> not to talk about mom and dad, but uh, <laughs> And this she- this next fact
0: got me. Yeah, she was a writer on Disney's 1990 animated show, Pepper Ann.
1: Pepper Ann, Pepper Ann, she's too cool for
0: seventh grade. I loved that show.
1: She is one in a million.
0: It was the Division's first series created by a woman. She didn't create it, but I just thought that fact was
1: cool. Yeah, hell yeah. I loved Pepper Ann. I think it's on uh, Disney Plus, by the way. I might have to watch that. I'll have to check that out, yeah. Yeah. She said in an interview at
0: Slash Film, I think maybe because a lot of people who work in comedy have nightmares about bombing so hard. That's why they like to do horror. I think we live on the edge. No, I think they're related in a lot of ways in terms of timing, in terms of setup and just the idea of a threat that comes. Because I think comedy, straight comedy, if it doesn't play and it doesn't feel right I think it's hard to come back from I think there is a dark side to comedy and I think that's why people are sort of attracted to the horror genre I would say Mm. oh and then I had another quote that I apparently didn't get and I just put this one again but basically in the other quote she said that her wife works on yellow jackets and other horror shows and so she kind of brought her to horror because she wasn't really interested in it herself but because of her wife she's now been interested in horror
1: wow that is a powerhouse couple right there yeah dang no and i've said it before i think horror and comedy kind of live in the same house just in different rooms because both require, like she says, like if it if it doesn't play right, it just doesn't feel it's hard to come back from. And it's the same in horror. Well, it's all about the setup and the payoff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you use a lot of um, and maybe I don't know if I'm speaking to writing or directing or acting, but you flex a lot of the same muscles in the two because they do require more than what you do they require a different set of muscles or a different set of tools than what you would use for a drama.
0: So I'll link to the full interview in the show notes if anybody's interested in that. We have a really fun introduction to the 80s where she confronts a guy who has on a female body inspector shirt and she's like, your shirt's really problematic. And the girl that's with him is like, I like your shirt. And she runs into a lady Who's in this windbreaker track suit thing. And you mean my hero? Yeah. She's like, what year is it? And the lady says 1987. The 80s are almost over. I haven't even tried Coke yet. <laughs> then she says something about, oh, she asks if she knows ham. Um, she's like, well, she's probably at school where you should be. I'll give you a ride. She's like, can't get in the car with you you could be a serial killer and lady says would a serial killer wear gloria vanderbilt
1: i still don't have the answer to that question
0: when they get there the car is like full of cigarette
1: smoke and yeah isn't she driving like one of those um subarus yeah i think so subaru just chain smoking kids in the car yeah probably no seatbelts probably no seatbelts but you know what there are windbreakers yeah. Why do you need a seatbelt when you, the wind is already broke for you?
0: And she goes in to the main office and she's like, I'm Jamie and LaFleur, uh, exchange student from Canada. They'll fax over my paperwork. And before she can even say that, the woman's like, here's your schedule. And she says, you know, don't you need to verify it? And the lady's like, what is this, Fort Knox? <laughs> got a simpler time and she has to go to gym and she comes out in the outfit she's like how is this school issued it looks like we work at hooters yeah them some short shorts yeah and they have to play dodgeball which is violent dodgeball
1: is so brutal are they even allowed to play that in schools anymore i doubt it because when i worked When I did after school, we did not play dodgeball. Yeah. Because you were just inviting a host of injuries to happen. Do you remember that game, Red Rover? Yeah. Where you basically clothesline people? (laughs) (laughs) It was just... um, not legalized, because it was never illegal to, to clothesline somebody, but it was just, like, government-sanctioned yeah. <laughs>
0: clotheslining. I hated that
1: game. That would, game was dumb.
0: I would purposely not try to break through the hands. You'd, like, walk. You'd be like, uh. Yeah, and then just join. Because it hurt. Well, it hurt whoever slammed into you, and then it hurt if you were the one doing the
1: slamming. Yeah, because you were getting, like, a chest to your stern – or not a chest, a, a fist to your sternum. Yeah. It, yeah, it really hurt. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't really want to be on your side anyways because I have to work so hard to be on your side. Like, is that a side I even want to be on? Yeah. I'm having this whole existential crisis right in the middle of the field. I just never played. I would always – or I would do what you did. I would just be like, eh. I wouldn't try. Yeah. They, I'm not trying to break my clavicle. Thanks. They made us – play it in school so so dumb yeah i i don't think i don't even know if we can do red rover i don't think it's like not allowed but i don't think it's encouraged kids nowadays i
0: think are a bit smarter i mean there'd be some that would be like cool but then there'd be
1: a lot of others like i'm not doing that yeah you'd be surprised kids kids there are some kids that'll get going and get wacky and then do silly things but a lot of kids the critical thinking is a lot stronger yeah You're like, why would I do that? I would hurt
0: myself. But in the middle of Dodgeball, she asks if a girl that she's basically crouching on the floor with, if she knows Pam Miller, and she's like, yeah, she's the Wicked Witch of Vernon. Which, Um, oh my gosh, what a title. And oh, I also love it. She gets hit in the face, uh, Jamie does, with the ball. And the coach is like, next time, catch the ball so I don't have to touch your gross little kid blood. (laughs) Um, but she goes to introduce herself and she holds out her hand and Pam says, I'm sorry, I'm not going to shake your hand because I'm not 45 and a man. And
1: she, Pam is savage and I love her. Yeah. She is so mean and I don't know why. There's probably something deeply wrong with me, but I love it. Yeah, they're definitely the mean girls of the school. But also just so confident and not... Well, some of them might be dumb, but, like, Pam is not dumb. She is whip-smart. I'm like, if you're going to be an evil bitch, like, earn it. And I feel like she did. So Too
0: Jamie knows that at the birthday party tonight, uh, Tiffany is going to be murdered. So they're talking about the party, and she says something along the lines of, like, where I'm from, parties are lames. So you should probably just cancel it. And Pam tells her, maybe you should fuck off and die, which takes Jamie back. So she's like, Mom! And then, you know, trying to cover, she's like, Mama Cita. So fucked up. Yeah. It's so fucked up. So then Pam tells her to fuck off and die in Spanish.
1: Which, again, just why she is the elite one in this cast, like, in this cast of characters, so fucking funny. Because no one would expect the little pretty white blonde girl to be able to curse you out in two languages. Yeah. Hell, it might be, there might be a third, we just don't know yet.
0: At her first day at school, I think Jamie only goes to gym because after this, she goes outside to find the sheriff and the deputy smoking cigarettes. The deputy's talking about people he hates and the order that he hates them.
1: Is he the Grinch?
0: It's old people, sick people, and people (laughs) with dogs. So messed up. And so she goes up and is trying to tell them that she's from the future, there's gonna be a murder, And they're like, yeah, yeah, there's never been a murder here before. And they blow smoke in her face and threaten to arrest her for truancy. And just all around, uh, like skipping school. Mm. And just all around, you know, don't believe her because who would believe somebody who comes up to you and is like, I'm from the future.
1: Yeah, which it's like, what else are you going to do, I guess, if you're that character? But we've seen it time and time again. Does not work.
0: Yeah, and it's a funny thing, too, because her go-to is, have you seen Back to the Future? Which I'm guessing, I don't have the release date. For some reason, 85 is popping out in my head. Yeah. But he's like, no, not yet, but I've heard it's good. So maybe Back to the Future came out that year. Back to
1: the Future came out in 1985. Oh. Oh. So he was
0: just real slow. Can't remember what I walk into a room for, but I somewhere in the recesses of my brain have buried the release year of back to the future Mm -hmm. i love this line too she tells them she's from prince albert island in canada and the sheriff says sounds made up she's like no yeah so this sheriff is the future sheriff's dad i believe played by randall park yeah.
1: Who was the, also in Always Be My Baby.
0: Oh, okay.
1: If I so remember correctly.
0: He's the uh rent a cop who didn't the do his job. The rent a cop.
1: Yeah. Yes, it was it was Randall Park.
0: So she goes to find Lauren, the mom of Of her friend Amelia, the one who invented the time machine. And she just walks into the office and is like, I need to know. And she's making up an excuse. And again, before she even finishes, the woman's like, "Ah, here's where she is. It's like, you know, no privacy or anything like that. And she goes flying on a plane right now must be wild. (laughs) It probably was. So she finds Lauren and talks to her about the time machine and takes her to see it. And She's just like, boy, you're handling this really well. And she's like, well, you don't think about inventing time travel without considering the possibility that people in the future might need your help. It's like, OK, this chick's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So we learn about the Mollies, which is Pam, Heather, Marissa and Tiffany.
1: I love this because I thought it was such an original way to harken back to the Heathers or Mean Girls, like the Plastics But it was its own thing, and also it perfectly encapsulated the 80s. Yeah,
0: so they are obsessed with Molly Ringwald, and they always dress like a version of Molly Ringwald.
1: All the time? I think so. I was like, I missed that. Lauren is
0: looking at the time machine, and she's digging into her bag, and it's just full of tools. And Jamie pulls something out and she's like, what's this? And she's like, be careful with that nail gun. I can't repair a time machine my future daughter made if I'm killed by clumsiness. You know what? She ain't wrong. No, no, she's not wrong. And they talk about what happened back home. And like, if she's making changes in this time,
1: what's happening in 2023. Like, is it like a back to the future type thing where, you know, someone disappears? Yeah. And if things happen.
0: In this particular time travel movie, time is like a river. So it's all kind of flowing at the same time. If you make a change in 1987, it will be reflected in 2023. But she said, like, if your parents don't fall in love and get together and have you, when you go back, nobody will know who you are because you never existed. You just won't disappear. Which is even worse. So... I now have written down your tour guide God she's as weird as her mom Oh okay I was like I ain't got nothing We flash to the future and they're at the they're at the boardwalk and uh, Jamie's dad is there and the sheriff is there and Amelia is there and that's when the sheriff tells Amelia or says about Amelia she's as weird as her mom that's who says it. Okay. Chris is there and Jamie's dad is upset and he kind of snatches Chris's phone from him. And he's Chris is like, you don't want to be the person not letting people investigate. Mm. And so there's a little kind of showdown between them. And Amelia says that. Jamie went back in time. And Chris is just all over this. He's like, I have lots of follow-up questions.
1: Yeah, immediately believes. Yeah, whereas the sheriff is just like, no. Yeah, okay. How you would expect an adult to react when they're told that. Yes. So now it's
0: the night of Tiffany's birthday party. Jamie walks up to the house and she's like, "It's this is really nice. I can't believe they turned it into a Burger." And so she tries to go into the party,
1: but I want to say Troy, but I don't. Is that his name? I don't think so. The coach, the gym coach that turn, that was first the school jock. Yeah, he's like the bouncer
0: at the door and won't let her in and like pushes her to the ground. And she goes, unwanted touch. And he goes, unwanted human. Which is not funny. His name's Randy. Randy,
1: thank you. I don't know why. Because we've mentioned Zach Efron, who played Troy Bolton. There's an actor in the movie, named troy oh okay things happen yeah also yeah because if if we haven't made it clear thus far jamie has not been accepted into this popular group she's a kind of red rovering she's like trying to run over that side and break through to like save these people but they keep clothes lighting her yeah and i mean to be fair she's only been
0: in town like a
1: Half a day now? No, no, a hundred percent. And also, it would be super weird to have someone come come up and just try to like be familiar with you when you don't know them at all. And to have it's somebody... more just. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say it's more just to uh, kind of put where she's falling in this crowd. Yeah, because
0: if somebody came up to me and was like, "Oh man, birthday parties are lame where I'm from. You should just cancel yours." I'd probably be like, "Fuck off and die." <laughs>
1: Yeah, but in like, how many
0: languages? Yeah, who cares what's cool where you're from? I don't even
1: know where you're from.
0: Yeah, so they get help from the guy who becomes the principal, Doug, and he's he's trying to scrabble over this fence, and these smokers are just standing there, just watching. Watching. Him. There's a gate there, so they could have let them in, so and why so. Would they? Yeah, finally, he gives the girls a boost over the fence. And, and of he's course, like, you'll
1: come around and unlock the door for me. And they're
3: like, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, of course, it goes about as well as you can expect. Oh, he also gives a fun fact about Prince Edward Island. He's like, did you know the average age on the island is 49.2?
1: Oh, yeah, because he's actually been there. He, like, stayed there with his aunt or something.
0: Yeah. And she's like, great. So Jamie gets thrown out of the party. Um, Literally. For Being annoying. Uh, Yeah. Randy throws her out and then like burps this long burp at her. And she's like, is he even human? Had the same thought. And so she's able to get back into the party. She pushes past um, Kara, who is the sheriff in the future. And by telling her that she'll be an unfulfilled, unhappy person rocking a terrible haircut that makes her head look like a bowling ball or something like that
1: super low yeah but it gets her in because she's so shocked that jamie can just move right past her yeah because it's just one of those things like who says that to a
0: person like what the fuck like what's wrong with you oh but what we forgot to mention before she got thrown out of the party is she sees this guy getting out of the pool and was like whoa and she finds out it's her dad dad so her dad did used to look like Zac Efron. Yeah, who is dating Tiffany. Yeah, not Pam, Tiffany. Yeah, but when she gets back into the party, Tiffany and Blake are breaking up. She makes some sort of comment. Uh Blake found out she made out with Eddie Royal. Jamie's like, what, the lead sil- singer of Killer Instinct? which makes Tiffany think that he's famous because they know who he is in Canada. But is he famous? Then they go make out on her parents' waterbed. Mhm. Because some other couple is doing anal in her room again.
1: Oh my god. Again. Uh, no, it's like is the couple themselves doing it or is just the act being performed by multiple people just in that room? Oh, I th- I think it's Uh, the couple, but... Okay, I just have so many questions.
2: (laughs) But
0: also, I don't want the answer. So, Tiffany is going to go to the bathroom before they hook up, and she says, too many BJs, Bartles and James. And Eddie says, I hope there's room for one more. And she's like, oh, gross, (laughs) you pee out of
1: that. Which is the correct response. That is always the correct response. Live for that. I I literally applauded. I was so happy. (laughs) So while she's in the
0: bathroom, he leaves.
1: He's like, whatever. Yeah.
0: And when she comes back out, she hears something in the closet. And so she goes to look and then she's, I love this line too. She's like, I don't go after boys. Boys go after me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tiffany is instantly iconic.
0: But this is a change that's made because originally Tiffany was killed in the garage,
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: where Jamie goes to look for her.
1: But and she's not there.
0: This time she's murdered on her parents' waterbed.
1: Yep. Like, also, too, how nostalgic was it to see the waterbed? Oh, yeah. And then just the thought. See, because the killer, because there's this whole thing, because she thinks it's Eddie. And it's like, why are you acting? Like, stop. What the fuck? And then he starts stabbing her. But there's, like, this split second where you think that she, maybe Jamie's going to get there in time. But she does not. And Tiffany is a
0: Yeah.
1: 16 times on a waterbed that is now punctured leaking water
0: yeah oh I love the part too where she pulls out her phone and listens to a bit of the podcast to find out where Tiffany I mean yeah Tiffany was murdered and a girl who I'm guessing is
1: really high on the stairs is like whoa are you from the future (laughs) And she's like yeah Didn't someone ask her at some point if her telephone was a computer? No.
0: Lauren asks her, because that's one of the things she shows to prove she's from the future. And she's like, is this the time machine? Yes, that's what it was. Okay. So the investigation is starting. The sheriff is there doing a great job. And he goes, wherever there's trouble, there's Blake Hughes. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then he's like, sheriff, I didn't have anything to do with it. And then Randy is- Have we said-
1: Blake Hughes is the name of Jamie's dad. I don't think so. Okay. Blake Hughes, the super hot guy in the 80s, is Jamie's ab shirt wearing father. Yes. In 20 whatever, 2023. Oh, Randy is friends with Kara,
0: the sheriff's daughter. And they ask, do you want to bring him in for questioning? And she's like, nah, that's my daughter's friend. He's cool. It's like, okay,
1: this is police work at its finest.
0: Yeah. And he goes, this is an active crime scene. Nobody move. And then as soon as he like turns his back, all of the teenagers run off. So Lauren and Jamie are walking home with Pam because there's a killer on the loose. They're not going to let her walk home alone. And Jamie convinces Pam that she's psychic. That's how she knew about the murder.
1: Which approaching teens, when you're in a different time period, that's probably the thing to do. Because they will probably be more likely to believe you which yeah. Pam does and
0: she takes this crystal out of her pocket which was a protective crystal her mom had given her and she's like this is my
1: psychic crystal and Pam's like seems legit <laughs> me in the crystal shop with anything anyone gives me
0: and so she asks her how far in the future she can see and she's like till the year 2023 which just boggles Pam's mind she's like oh my god And then there's a fun little bit that doesn't really lead to anything where you find out that Pam likes sci-fi movies because they're watching RoboCop and she's got all these videotapes of different sci-fi movies. Yeah,
1: she's a sci-fi nerd. And she also, doesn't she threaten to kill someone? She's like, if you tell anyone, I'll kill you.
0: Oh, yeah. She threatens Lauren. And then she asks if the machines kill us all in the future. And Jamie says, no, they just kind of. Um, like mess everything up with TikTok dances and she's like, they use dance against us.
1: We also see how badly she treats her mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole line she gave Jamie in the beginning about how I would never talk to my mother like that. She's worse. Yeah. Like her poor sweet mom like comes out, and I don't know her mom, but just the character she's portrayed to be it's like hey girls you just actually like oh my god will you just leave get out you're ruining everything
0: and then jamie gives a speech and is like you know you never know just i wish i had a better relationship with my mom and <laughs> pam's like this is not advice this is advice from a friend nobody wants to hear you talk about how much you love your mom I can't. just banger after banger from pam and then they're talking about suspects and like oh, well, we did this to this person. And finally she just kind of stopped saying what they did to people and just is like, and this person, and this person, and fat Trish, and, you know.
1: Needless to say, there is a long line of suspects who could potentially be targeting the Mollies.
0: Yeah, who hate them for things that they have done to them. Yeah, they are not nice people. So Randy is one of the people that's mentioned, and she's like, no, Randy loved Tiffany. He asked her to the spring dance. Well, he asked all of us to the spring dance. So maybe he does hate us. And then she's basically like, should I start dating him so that maybe he'll decide not to kill me? (laughs) And Jamie's like, no, no, no. You're not supposed to be with him. And of course, Pam's like, well, who am I supposed to be with? And she blurts out Blake, which makes Pam very happy. The little look she gets on her face is just
1: like, oh, (laughs) But then she's like, no, 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 no. You're not supposed to get with him until college. So you can't can't go out with him now. And she's like, okay.
0: Yeah. She says, I've always secretly been obsessed with Blake. And she's like, I couldn't do it to Tiffany. But Tiffany's dead. (laughs) Like, not even cold. Yeah. So back in the future, Amelia is trying to make Time Machine 2.0. Yeah. Chris is all on board with this. He, like, believes her and everything. And so he comes in and he's like, I said that. Tiffany was murdered in the garage, but she was murdered on her parents' waterbed. How did I mess that up? And so then we get the explanation of the mandala effect, where people have memories of things that didn't happen, but it was an alternate timeline that was changed by time travel, and some people have memories of it. And they find a picture of Jamie at the birthday party, and then there was a note next to the body that says, stab the machine, Jay. And so that was one of the reasons that people thought Eddie Royal might have been the murderer was because of the, like, rock lyric, and then they thought the J was a satanic rune. (laughs) and Which is so
1: on par for that time period.
0: Oh, so 80s, yeah. And... She's like, no, it's a message to me. Stab the machine. Oh, it needs an extra metal conductor, which I'm so glad that she was able to figure that out because I just would have been like, stab the machine.
1: Can you imagine if one of us went back in time and left that note for each other? We would not know. We'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You're like, destroy it? What? What? <laughs> like, what do you like? And you'd be stuck there forever. Yeah. Or me would be stuck there forever. Either way, it. It ain't happening. And
0: at school, there's a memorial at Tiffany's locker, but one of the posters says, Burn in Hell, Tiffany. (laughs) Which honestly would make such a great shirt. Just
1: Burn in Hell, Tiffany.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And she's trying to keep her mom and dad apart, but they're just kind of, that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, the more she tries to keep them away, the closer they get. Yeah, and
0: Oh, that's when they find out about what happened to Fat Trish. Poor Trish. Um, The rumor at school was that she was sleeping with the coach, and the three of the Mollies got her to come over, got her really drunk, kept asking her about it. She got upset, left, and wrapped her tree around a car and died.
1: Wrapped her tree around a car. Oh, I just was like, "Uh uh-huh, just fully consigning. Around a tree and died leave that in yeah so they essentially got this girl drunk and then she drove drunk and died so they are the reason this girl's dead and randy's like
0: i drive better drunk and it's like no you don't then this is we get some nice misogyny where it's like that's something a chick would say and of course randy's the whole thing about like grabbing his crotch like this is my memorial or you
1: know whatever every single thing this is my lunch special i don't think he says that but you know what i mean And so in science
0: class, she's like, I think it would be a good memorial for Tiffany if we planted a tree. Would you sign this petition? Like, give back to nature. And they're like, Tiffany hated trees. They made her sneeze. And, of course, Randy's like, this is my nature something. Something. Then he, like, high fives um, Blake. And he's like, it's okay. That wasn't my crotch hand. Ugh! Vile. I'm like, kill him next. (laughs) Jamie gets teamed up with Damon who they call Lurch for her partner and we've seen him we saw him in the future he still works at Billy's Boardwalk
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: and he also worked there when he was young and he's just kind of got a creepy vibe
1: and um which it's like what is he doing at Billy's Boardwalk if it's abandoned and closed I don't know it makes no sense yeah but yeah but while Jamie's lab partners with him she sees his notebook and he has some very disturbing imagery drawn and some phrases like, I think, kill them all or something like that. Let's just say it's enough to um, make her red flag fly. And she's convinced convinced
0: them to... Cancel the next birthday party, and they're just going to go have a girls' day in the city at her parents' condo. Yep. And it's going to be great. Nobody's going to get murdered now because the next murder happened at a cabin
1: in the woods. So far away from the woods, far away from any cabins, very densely populated city vibes. Yes. So they get there. Which, she falls, Jamie fell asleep. Yeah. yeah, she
0: falls asleep in the car because she's like, I haven't been sleeping. It's the cabin in the woods where the murder happens. She's like, this isn't a condo. And Marissa was like, it's not She's like, oh,
1: I was thinking of a timeshare. Jeez. So, yeah, they're in the exact place that Jamie did not want them to be. Oh, and guess who's also here? The boys and the sheriff's daughter. I can't remember her name. Kara. Cara. And
0: <laughs> it's funny because when they get there, Marissa just screams and Jamie's like, what? She's like, I forgot the vodka. And thankfully, and, Blake yeah, didn't. Okay. Boys get there. She goes, Did you bring the vodka? And he goes, Do I go anywhere without it? Oh,
1: to be young.
0: And of course, Jamie's trying to impose all these rules, like nobody goes outside, and we all stick together and no drinking. And they're like, Boo, you're lame. Let's get naked in the hot tub. Oh my God. She's eating some brownies that Kara brought, and she's like, Have a brownie. And like, no, I already had five of them. She goes, No wonder you're paranoid. And this is just a fun little exchange about, well, Fun. She stole weed from the evidence locker. So, Fun. So, like, great police work is being done in this town. But Jamie's like, what is this? It's just a bag of dirt and twigs. She's like, oh, no, man, that's my stash. She's like, 80s weed sucks. And then she goes, when she says it's just dirt and twigs, she's like, "Well, oh, it comes from the earth. Duh. And, of course, she's trying to keep her parents apart again. So she goes, leave room for Jesus. And Randy's like, if you're not going to be fun, you can't come in. Enjoy your trees, bitch. And pushes her outside and locks the door.
1: Yeah, he mean. Yeah. He also gives no qualms about, um, or has no qualms about manhandling women. Yeah, or locking somebody
0: outside in the snow. Yeah. To get them to come inside, she tells them that she has pizza in the
1: house. They're like, oh, yeah, pizza, pizza. (laughs) I literally think they start chanting it.
0: Yeah. And then when they can't find it, they go, she must have hidden it. (laughs) so then they start trying to search the house for pizza except Pam and Blake decide they're going to make their own pizza pizza. but all they have is bread and apples and like ketchup yeah it made me want to die and then Pam slices her hand trying to cut an apple and Blake is like putting pieces of bread on it (laughs) oh my god to stop the bleeding hello baby yeah And she's at the sink, like, rinsing her hand off. She goes, I can't tell my mom that I hurt my hand because I was high. And he's like, just tell her you got in a bike accident. She's like, you're right. I can lie. (laughs) And Marissa's making cocktails, which is a full glass of vodka with, like,
1: one drop of juice in it. Like, just seeing it. You remember that thing that Dad had last night at the house, that blue drink? Yes. That's what I imagine that drink probably tasted like. Just pure alcohol. Oh. Heather is passed out. Randy's like,
0: you want to play beer pong? And he throws a ping pong ball at her and she doesn't move. So she's doing okay. Yeah. Kara's still looking for the pizza. Jamie's trying to figure yeah. out how to get in. I would be Kara, just looking for pizza. When the killer comes out of the closet and is standing over Heather. And Jamie speak. sees it. Outside. Is, yeah, she's outside banging on the window. The killer turns on music really loud so nobody can hear.
1: And they're like, who turned on the music really loud?
0: Yeah. Pam and Blake are making out. She's got her hand like stuck up in the air with <laughs> a couple of bandages haphazardly put on it. And she goes, oh no, Jamie didn't want to come out here to les out with me. She's psychic. She's worried about the killer. The blood from my hand must have gone to my brain. <laughs> so they barricade the door um, Jamie's trying to find somebody to let her in. Marissa and Randy went to have sex in the hot tub. The Heather killer ends is up getting yeah.
1: murdered. Um, stabbed, stabbed sixteen times.
0: Yeah, they do beat up the killer a bit, but he's pretty good at like, of uh, you know, the dodging baby. them and yeah. stuff.
1: As most but, killers in movies are. Yeah.
0: So of course they get brought in by the police. Jamie's got this like paper towel soaked in blood, and she's like, "Here, I have his DNA," and they're like what What that and she's like you just you know you can find him plug it into the worldwide database and they're like yeah we're just gonna look at the dma database and he like pushes his fake glasses up on his nose like i'm a nerd again
1: just great detective police work
0: yeah i
1: like detective police work that's that's like mojo dojo casa house
0: yeah detective police work and kara's like i had nothing to do with it and the he's like i know you didn't sweetie but then Blake is like, well, what if the killer wasn't somebody who followed us there? What if it was somebody in the house? and uh, Implying that it was Kara. So we're assuming that that's why Kara hate Jamie's dad.
1: But also, like, but this is a completely different scenario because Marissa was supposed to be the one that was killed at the cabin. But right. Heather was. Heather got so, killed. So was Blake still at the cabin when all of this happened? Don't know. So that's that's the question.
0: Yeah, so Jamie has she's like talking to Lauren the next morning is like maybe it's two killers like in Scream and then she's like oh yeah that hasn't been released yet and there's a broadcast a live broadcast from the news station with Chris Dubas Chris Bag. yeah Chris's dad Duba
1: um, Duba Dubu- whatever.
0: I can't say it. And there's a guy with a table full of weapons and it's like, you know, pick your weapon. And he's got some numchucks and stuff. And they realize that there's a Wi-Fi signal on Jamie's phone and it's from the news van. So she's got seven and a half hours until she's stuck there forever. So at the they're going to meet at Billy's boardwalk
1: that night and use the
0: reception. Spin-
1: Yeah, Yeah. they're going to use a quantum jump and the reception off of the news van to get her back. Yeah, to present
0: day. She's like, "Well, I can't leave till I solve the murder." And she's like, "Well, if you don't leave tonight, um, you're going to be here." Yeah, brush up on your Reaganomics because we have a test.
1: Oof! Not the Reaganomics.
0: So she's like, it's crunch time. We got to figure out who this killer is. So she wants to check out Lurch's van. And she sneaks out. Says she's going to the bathroom and the back door is open. So she crawls in, she's looking around, she sees something covered up with a blanket. She's like, oh no, is it a body? It's a bicycle. He's got video games all over the back of his van and he finds her there. And so he startles her and she like kicks him in the nose and he's like, just take whatever you want. Just please leave my Thundercats video game. We find out that, you know, he's kind of nice. She was like, why were you parked outside Tiffany's party? It's like, I was trying to work up the courage to go inside. And he just really loves video games. Doug comes out and is like, hey, nobody can be outside except the hall monitor, me. Um and then Which feels weird. Yeah. But what and else then, did he say? Um Damien and um Doug have a little kind of bonding moment about video games. Doug mentions that he's a black belt, that he takes karate
1: at the dojo in the mall. Yeah, just kind of I feel like this was planting some seeds for later scenes, but to kind of throw you off. Does that make sense? We also found out earlier that
0: um, Damon was Fat Trish's brother. Yeah.
1: So he has
0: reason to hate these girls. Yeah. And this is where we're going to take a moment to talk
1: about our lead actress. Kiernan Shipka.
0: So she is best known for her roles as Sally Draper in Mad Men, Sabrina Spellman in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and Janora in The Legend of Korra, and I have
1: watched none of those. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is fun. I, I never finished the series, but the first bit, it's very dark. Honestly, it would be a good thing for us to cover. Oh, we'll have to
0: look at that. Yeah. She was in the movie Carriers, Flowers
1: in the Attic, The Black Coat's Daughter, which we covered. Yes, you can remember that episode. I believe isn't Doug on that episode with us? Yes. Uh, with Demon Daddy. That's not Doug, but Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <They> were- <laughs> uh, Doug the Cambridge from the Good
0: Times Great Movies podcast.
1: Yeah, who also recommended the film and it was it was a great watch. And that's a really fun episode too. Yeah. So go uh, back and listen to that. But she has
0: a black belt in Taekwondo. She's she loves so cool. Yeah. She loves dogs. She's fostered more than 20. And in an EW article, she said, if I go by a stray dog, there's no way it's going to stay there. It has to come home.
1: To which I say, her and I are soulmates. We would get along just fine.
0: You know, she's just a really great actor. And I'm excited to see what the rest of her career is going to be like.
1: Yeah, because she's still very young. And we have many more years to enjoy her as an actor.
0: Yeah, she's in her early 20s, Right now. Uh, Yeah.
1: But so good.
0: Yeah. Because like you said,
1: she's she's so good at the slight or the subtle nuance choices. Like letting grief wash over you or just letting those tiny realizations happen to her in real time. So, yeah, we're a fan halloween night this is halloween this is sorry they have
0: decided that they're going to catch the killer marissa she mentioned earlier that she's like i kind of like lurch because he found me um giving a blow job in the dollhouse of horrors and he didn't rat me out <laughs> what a guy yeah so that's Where they're going to lure the killer. Jamie gives
1: Marissa the rape whistle. And she has to pretend like she's going to go in there to give someone a blowjob.
0: Yeah, they're hiding in there with weapons to catch the guy. She also calls it a
1: Beej, which I found very funny. So did my partner. They run into Kara while they're
0: there, and she's dressed as like the Grim Reaper.
1: But back in the future... Back to the future.
0: Lauren, grown-up Lauren, finds Amelia knocked out in the garage and the time machine is gone.
1: Who could have done this?
0: And then in the past again. Back to the past? Yes. Back to the past. That is the prequel to Back to the Future. I don't know, bad joke. Yeah,
1: I, I feel I feel as we're both dwindling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway, so they're in the dollhouse of horrors, which is pretty terrifying. Like, I don't know why anybody would want to go in there I guess it's the precursor to, like, the haunted houses that we have
1: now. Yeah, they used to have them, like, like fun houses or haunted houses. they come to all those little, like, traveling yeah. fairs or whatever. Um, but it's just
0: got, like, dummies hanging around and dead bodies. And it's just kind of gross looking and stuff. So she's walking from room to room, doing a very bad job of pretending of just being normal.
1: She's like, hi. So I can't remember who she's supposed to be giving a blowjob to. But hi, I'm here for the beach. Yeah, I'm in the kitchen all alone. Just oh. waiting.
0: And the killer does follow her in. And there is a big fight that ensues. And everybody gets beat up. To everybody some. gets beat up. Yeah, everybody gets in on this fight. Then but yet this th- killer is still standing. Yeah, at the very last second. This thing comes, like, slicing through the air. It's Kara with her scythe. And it's a real scythe. It's a real scythe. And they're like, that's real? And she's like, yeah, my dad gave it to me. There's a killer on the loose. Like, why did her dad have a scythe? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Are they farmers? And so we find out who the killer is. And the killer is Doug. Doug. And it's because... That Trish was his girlfriend. And so he was getting revenge on the three Mollies that was it three or four? It was three because Pam had a fight with Tiffany that summer and didn't hang out with them.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because uh yeah, because there was a conversation between Jamie and Pam where she's like, I can't believe you do this. And she's like, I would have never done that. We weren't talking over the summer. So Which is convenient.
0: He was getting revenge on the people he felt was responsible for his girlfriend's death.
1: Yes. And so the killer has been unmasked. So we think. Except another killer shows up. There's another guy in a creepy Luke Perry, Jason Priestley type mask. Yeah. But this one has a weird, like, scuff on it.
0: Which is what happened to the killer in the time machine. With Jamie. And she
1: recognizes this. And she's like, this guy's from the future. But poor Marissa gets murdered anyway. Yeah, like really, these are like, they're really brutal kills for as fun and kind of light as the movie is. The kills are super intense.
0: Yeah, it's not a terribly
1: bloody movie, but it's just the ferociousness of the stabbing. It feels very realistic. Yeah. Because it's not like, you know, he taps them with the knife and they explode. It's like very repetitive, fast, efficient stabs.
0: And Kara pulls out a gun and starts firing. She's like, my dad also
1: gave me this. Like at this point, is she going to pull out a grenade launcher or a bazooka? What the hell? But this killer gets away and Jamie follows after him. So once again, there's a dude in a weird mask killing people and he has escaped. Yeah. And so he runs by the broadcast
0: that's going on with the one guy's father. Yeah. And stabs him in the head. Just right in the head. And again, not bloody at all. Just like to the hilt. Yep. Jamie runs to the quantum drop. Lauren tells her, okay, you have to be in the very middle in the control panel because if you touch the sides, you'll explode. And they start it and it's going and she hugs Lauren and she's like, see you in the future. And Lauren gets out and the killer jumps in. Which is like how, but fine, we we're here. Yeah, they're fighting. And then Pam jumps in too. And
1: none of them are in the middle right now. They're all on the sides pressed up against right where Lauren told Jamie not to be. Yep, not only now is Jamie trying to get home, she
0: also tried to save her mom because this killer is 100%
1: intent on killing them. So much so that as this thing's moving, so fast and they're being pressed, like slammed up against the walls and can't move. He figures out, or they figure out, how to stand up on their side and walk sideways along the perimeter of the quantum jump. And meanwhile, the two girls are still pressed up to the walls trying to like roll away and he is going right for Pam. And so Jamie is able to get her mom
0: out. Uh, She does get stabbed. Yeah, her mom gets stabbed, and she's against the door, and so Jamie opens the door, which I can only imagine how hurt she would have been, like, flying out of that thing. Yeah. At the speed that it was
1: going. Yeah, that was a hospital trip, for sure. Yeah. If the stab wound didn't do it, falling out of a quantum jump would have finished it.
0: And so— Jamie is able to fight off the killer and kill him with the nail gun, call back to the nail gun that she almost killed Lauren with, but not before we find out that the killer in the future is Chris Dubasage.
1: The podcaster. Yeah. And why, may you ask, was his motive? What? Well, not why, what? Was his motive. He Um, needed more episodes for the podcast because people were getting tired of hearing the same old stories over and over.
0: He had no leads on who the actual killer was. He was desperate to prove himself
1: as an investigative journalist. Because he had to be better than his dad. Yeah, live up to his dad. Get out of his shadow. So yeah, he was the one that killed Pam in the future.
0: Yes, there was no note. He He made made that whole thing up. He just needed the killer to come back so that people would be interested in his podcast again.
1: So yeah, it was all because of the crumbling ego of a shallow, tiny man that all of this happened. But in the last moments, he is thwarted by a teenage girl in a nail gun. Gum in a nail gun in a quantum jump. And so he hits the side of the wall and explodes into pink mist. Yeah, because they actually say that and they talk about something in a video game turning into pink mist. Yeah. And then Jamie goes, huh, pink mist. So she gets out of the quantum drop jump. Is it jumper quantum drop drop? I think it's, I'm not sure either way. That's what she just did. She like quantum jumped or dropped in the quantum jumper drop. Yes. And you know, everything's the way she remembered the science
0: fair banners, the, um, run down amusement park and she races home. Oh yes. Everything
1: is all as it seems. Mm -hmm.
0: And they sent her back a few hours earlier so that she could try to stop her mom from getting killed. Yeah. Lauren did. And she's, she's got some cuts on her face and stuff. So when she gets home, she goes, what happens? She goes, Oh, I was in a bike accident. Mom
1: is alive. Mother and daughter are reunited. Dad, is, is Dad still in his Troy Bolton or his Zac Efron shirt? I can't remember. No, he has a suit on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: She says something to her mom about, oh, nice Molly Ringwald costume. And she, he goes, no, this year your mother and I are going as Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So Lauren and Amelia show up. And she's like, what are you guys doing here? And Pam's like, they come over every year. You know this. So Lauren takes Jamie outside and is like, I meant to be there when you got out of the time machine, but I didn't account for daylight savings time. So she- Still screwing things up. Yeah. She's like, you can be a genius and still mess things up. But she she gives her a notebook that's like, okay, here's the things that I think have changed. And then this- really attractive guy walks up and is like hey love the fake blood and she's like who is that and she's like okay well um that's your older brother his name is jamie and she's like well what's my name and then the mom sticks her head out and is like colette can you
1: come help set the table and i think that's where it ends
0: yeah we get um some information from the notebook of what changed so because she said you know how you tried to keep your parents apart
1: Well, it didn't work. And Jamie, the older brother, is the result of that.
0: Yeah. So she has an older brother. Um, She has a niece. Lauren doesn't work the night shift at manufacturing. She's a bioengineer now. Chris, in this timeline, was so upset by his father's murder that he lives in a monastery. So no podcast or anything. But she said she still keeps tabs on him just in case. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Damon started a video game company called Pink Mist, (laughs) and he helps with bullying. Also, isn't Randy the new principal of the school? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember that part. I don't remember.
1: I might be making that up, but I feel like he's the new
0: principal. Because Doug would have been the principal, but he got killed. Right. Uh, Because he was the murderer. There was something about Kara as the sheriff, but I don't remember. Exactly what it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it all worked out. Yay. Yay. And And the worst thing that happened is she came out with a brother and a new name. Yeah. So we'll talk real quick about Olivia Holt. Who plays Pam, young Pam. Yes. In this movie.
0: She began her career in local theater productions. She appeared in television commercials at the age of 10. She's done a lot of voice work. She did Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Never Beast, No Malone. She did gymnastics for a long time. So she was in the Disney Channel series Kick It. Kick It It. Oh, Kick It It. And in the movie Girl vs. Monster and the Disney Channel series I Didn't Do It. She also played Tandy Bowen slash Dagger in the series Cloak and Dagger. And she was in the Disney Spider-Man series and the Hulu series The Runaways. Oh, no, Runaways. hmm
1: And she played Kate Wallace in Cruel Summer. Which is where I know her from. So I was really excited to see her in this movie because I thought she was great in Cruel Summer. Through
0: this whole movie, I was like, I know her. I know her. And then after it was over, I looked her up immediately and was like,
1: Cruel Summer, yes. No, because um, we were watching this and my partner goes, Kate! As soon as he saw her. In
0: 2023, she made her Broadway debut as Roxy Hart in Chicago. And I bet she was a great Roxy.
1: She went on, I think, right after we left. Because we were there in March. Or maybe she was on. She either started when we were there or right after we left.
0: But she's also a singer. She recorded three songs for the film Girl vs. Monster. And her debut EP, Olivia, was released in 2016. She had a single, Love You Again, reach number 40 on the Billboard Hot Dance electronic songs chart.
1: I've never heard any of her music. So pretty
0: talented. Yeah. I was at Fantastic Fest for the premiere of this film, and I recorded some of the interview with the director. So I'm going to put that in here.
1: Enjoy. It was such a fun challenge.
2: You know, it felt like the right thing. Was it always like a a mix between slasher and comedy, or was it more serious at some point it was always
3: going to be a mix for sure you know but I think for me it's just I, I just that's what I do is comedy so I wanted to make sure that it was you know delivering on that level and kind of that both things could coexist uh, in that same
2: space uh, do we have because I, I want to open up also to the audience do we have questions in the audience yes so please short questions because I have to repeat them for the auto theaters Go ahead, in the back there. Did you try to separate you from the final girl? Oh, the madness of the final girls. Yeah, I think, you know, which was a great movie. It's funny.
3: That movie, I think, played more like uh, Last Action Hero was that reference where she gets sucked into a slasher. I think for us, it was much more Back to the Future being our kind of tonal reference point. So that was our kind of guiding light
2: this movie. It feels, feels like uh, 2011 detention, detention. movie called Detention. Uh, was there, is it like uh, a reference? or? No,
3: no. I think, you know, luckily like uh, we had like a lot of uh, different eras that we could go back to, but I think like that was a great movie and I think, you know, this for us just felt like we wanted to reference uh, Back to the Future a lot, but also the idea of uh, this like Gen Z kid just sort of coming into the 80s and not really
2: knowing how to traffic in that environment for us was like a real fun kind of touch point. Uh, tell us about the casting, especially uh, Kieran Sheepka. She's amazing.
3: She's amazing. She plays it so grounded. I love Kiernan. I love everything that she's you know been in. And so she was the perfect person to play Jamie because she kind of really grounded the movie in a way. And you always felt like that mom death that she carries with her. Uh, so it's like you're having fun, whatever, you're in the 80s. She's dealing with all the stuff. There's a serial killer on the loose. But she's, you know, playing the comedy and the horror and sort of just keeping it grounded. And
2: she's, you know, a legend, a legend at 23. I was always uh, uh, Lachlan Monroe. Mm-hmm. It was it was funny to actually see him in here. Because I mean, we've seen him on TV and all that, but he hasn't really ever really had a big part. Uh, did you know him before?
3: I didn't know him before. I mean, obviously, you know, him and Karen have that connection. Um, But I think like, there's something weirdly, I don't know if it's because he looks sweet or something, but there's something weirdly sinister about him to me. So I liked that when he appeared, he could potentially be a red hair, you know, because you're trying to populate the movies too, like who could it possibly be? And uh, to me, it's like, when I see his face, I'm like, he's a, you know, he's a potential suspect.
2: Yeah. The design of the killer's mask, yes. Yeah, so that's something that we really,
3: you know, cause it, it obviously has to take place in the eighties, you know, when it was like generated, but this town is known for these kills that happened 35 years earlier. So I wanted to feel relevant. So like nostalgic, but also relevant in present day, cause people are still dressing up like this guy. So uh, I worked with Tony Gardner, who's designed a bunch of masks and his company Altairian who's amazing. And um, we were talking about what that could be and how do we make it feel different. And the idea of like a handsome man being terrifying was really interesting. So we started to pull like 80s heartthrob references. So we pulled like, you know, Kiefer Sutherland and Rob Lowe and Dolph Lundgren, and you know, like we got given an earring, like Lost Boys vibe and sort of like tried to get like a little bit of fun in there too. and just made his like, and then exaggerated those features, like his teeth is too big and you know, like that kind of thing. And A smiling man stabbing you.
2: (laughs) Smiling blonde man. Um, So a photo booth as a time machine, and then later on uh, uh, an arcade game, Uh, that's very imaginative. So how, how how did the screenwriters get the idea? I mean, that's a great question. I
3: think we uh, have to ask them. I mean, what I liked about it was I liked the nostalgia thing. I liked that it felt like DIY enough that this girl could be working on this as part of a science you know, fair. I mean, you have to you know, sort of buy in to the idea that in any time travel movie that it's possible. And so combining that with like a lo-fi device, I think was a nice sort of just aesthetic for us because it felt like Real, you know, like it felt like real heightened, you know, so it wasn't like electrodes being hooked up to whatever. I like, how is this girl gonna get this? So I liked that, and I also liked the Gravitron being something that they discover, you know, as a way to get back, just because like that is very 80s, and that's like one of those like, it feels lawless in there, because it's one of the few rides that you're not strapped in at all, there's no harness, there's no belt, and you're just kind of free, except that gravity is keeping you there, and it just felt kind of
2: 80s and that lawlessness. I mean, you do you do ask a lot of the audience to suspend the disbelief in in the fact that Amelia is just like this genius and just actually just creates a time machine. That's it. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like we want to just be like, yeah. I mean, so
3: and I like the idea that her mom in the past is like, you don't try to invent time travel without you know expecting that people are gonna come back to ask you you know for your help. So I think we wanted to have fun with it. We wanted to acknowledge it, but we also wanted to kind of move past it in a way that it feels like somebody in 2023 with those reference points would do. So she's trying to talk about, you know, (laughs) seeing um, uh, Back to the Future and Scream and like all those, like the Avengers Endgame and, you know, as opposed to like her being like a scientist suddenly and trying to like break it down to using her reference
0: points, I guess. So reviews for this were mostly positive. This review by Michael Nordine in Variety said, In trying to break the tension with humor, too many horror movies undercut the emotional stakes by instead being glib. The pitfall Totally Killer mostly manages to avoid. Every meta slasher, which is to say nearly every slasher made since Scream, has had to balance paying tribute to its forebears, meaningfully distinguishing itself from them. Totally Killer might not be an exemplar of the genre, but it is a worthy entry. To the extent that the film does carve a space for itself, it's largely on the strength of its lead performance. She does prove a capable scream queen, one treated with more respect by the filmmakers than so many of her predecessors. There are certainly worse narrative functions for time travel than acting as both a lighthearted setup and a corrective of a genre that is as enduring as it is well problematic. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and Totally Killer benefits from its clear-eyed view. And then Christy Lemire from RogerEbert.com said this tricky genre mix from director, you say her name,
1: Nanachka Han,
0: is a fish-out-of-water comedy filled with amusing one-liners combined with time travel sci-fi that actually kind of makes sense. If anything, the horror element of this horror movie is the weakest part. But Totally Killer is spry enough to remain enjoyable throughout. That's mostly because of the enormously engaging presence of Kiernan Shipka, who has a natural way with zippy dialogue and the dramatic chops to navigate some tough tonal shifts. Mm -hmm. Totally Killer makes a couple of inspired choices in the storytelling. It actually flashes back to the future, if you'll pardon the pun, to let us know what's happening in the present day while Jamie is stuck in 1987. Although the subplot involving a murder podcast feels obvious in one note. It takes a pointed, clear-eyed look at the insularity of small-town life and how peaking in high school can leave people trapped in a place and in the past. These characters know everything about each other because they've been in one another's orbit forever. Shipka's deadpan astonishment cuts through the false nostalgia of the notion that the 80s were simpler and superior. Because mm-hmm. that's what so many movies do. They're like, oh my gosh, the past was so much better. And it's like, was it really? It's
1: like, no, it, it's it still sucked. There were things about it that sucked. We just have new things that suck. We fix some issues, but we make new ones. Yes, like smoking in
0: restaurants was still fine then. I'm very glad to live in this modern time.
1: You remember when you go into a restaurant and they'd ask, smoking or non? And I think, you know, it was all smoking because everything smelled like
0: smoke. Well, and then if you were seated close to the smoking section, you still smelled it all.
1: Yeah. So what do you rate this? You know, I was thinking about this. I think I'm going to go with a B plus because I thought it was really fun. I thought it was pretty original. I thought again, Karen Shipka's performance definitely was the anchoring force throughout and there were some things like I get kind of like the podcasting kind of being a little one note or how the horror maybe wasn't as horrific. I didn't mind it. it didn't feel like horror to me. it felt more and I know slasher is a genre of horror, but that's kind of what I more I got from it. I've heard this movie described as Scream meets Back to the Future, and I tend to agree with that because that's kind of the vibe it gave me, just a little less bloody, perhaps, even though the kills were still just as gruesome. So yeah, I think I think I would go with the B+, because overall, I had a fun time watching it. It was enjoyable. I like that it's centered around women. I like that it's directed by a woman and partially written by a woman. I think I think this film has something for everybody. And it's also something that I think a lot of dinner, different generations could sit and watch together.
0: Yeah, I'm giving it an A. I liked it a lot. I thought it was super fun. I laughed a lot through it.
1: There were just some moments. Do you know what I mean? It just like, yeah. overall, the, the pacing was good throughout. There was just a few little holdbacks for me. But still... Super, super enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are some things that, like we kind of pointed out, like, hmm, this maybe doesn't quite add up if you're thinking about it too closely. Right, right. And one of the things they talked about... Um, when they interviewed the director is like, it is a big thing to just be like, okay, she just made a time machine. You just have to go with it.
1: Yeah. And it's like and that never really bothered the, the whole thing, her making the time machine, that really wasn't where I had questions. Like I'm just like, okay, this is in the world. So we're just gonna we're just going with what the world's the world we're in. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we go to recommendations? I think we've said it all. I definitely think this is worth a viewing. So if you have Amazon Prime or know someone who has Amazon Prime, definitely give this a watch because it's super enjoyable. And I would love to know your thoughts.
0: I feel like it's kind of, it is rated R, but there's not like... I've seen worse, I feel like. It doesn't feel like an R to me at all. I think part of that was because the language, like they said fuck
1: a lot. Yeah. And I just don't even
0: notice that. And in PG 13, you can have one. Is that it? Yeah. Jeez. So, yeah. And that's
1: definitely why it's an R.
0: To me, honestly, this movie is kind of in the same vein as Megan, kind of like a slumber party gateway horror kind of thing.
1: Uh huh. A hundred percent.
0: So, but Megan was PG 13 and this is R.
1: Yeah, and that one fuck they got was beautiful. What is your recommendation? So my recommendation for Totally Killer, if you enjoyed this movie, I think another film that you would enjoy that's also, I believe, by the same produ- producers, which is Blumhouse, um, is Happy Death Day from 2017. And this is cool because there's also a sequel. And again, these feel like an introductory horror slasher type film. But this was an American black comedy slasher film directed by Christopher Landon, written by Scott Lobdell, 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 whatever, starring Jessica Roth and Israel Broussard. So the synopsis is Tree Gelman is a blissfully self-centered collegian who wakes up on her birthday in the, in the bed of a student named Carter. As the morning goes on, Tree gets the eerie feeling that she's experienced these events the day before. When a mass killer suddenly takes her life in a brutal attack, she once again magically wakes up in Carter's dorm room unharmed. Now the frightened young woman must relive the same day over and over until she figures out who murdered her. Much like tolly Killer kind of harkens back to a Back to the Future, this harkens to a Groundhog Day situation. So I thought that was kind of a cool tie-in. But it's a fun movie. I've watched it several times. There is a ringtone that will just get stuck in your brain like an earworm. It's a little song, and it's great. So I definitely think this is deserving of a viewing if you enjoy Totally Killer. Yeah, I like
0: Happy Death Day a lot. I haven't seen the sequel, but um, it is on my list to watch.
1: I I, I can't remember if it is as good as the first one, all I remember is I had a lot of fun with the sequel too. Because it's just, it's so unserious, but the actors treat the, the text, like the script, what's happening to their character, very seriously, and that just makes it funnier. How about you? What's your recommendation? So my recommendation is
0: All Cheerleaders Die from 2013, written and directed by Chris Silverton and Lucky McKee, starring Caitlin Stassi, Siana Smith mcphee Brooke Butler, Amanda Grace Cooper, and Brianna John Johnkin. Sorry to You should have. So I, I should have looked
1: those up. So it's Caitlin Stacy, Cianoa Smith McPhee, Brooke Butler, Amanda Grace Cooper, and Rhiannon Johannink.
2: Johannink.
1: Better than anything I said.
0: Johannink. And this one was a lot of fun. When tragedy rocks Blackfoot High, rebellious outsider Maddie shocks the student body by joining the cheerleading squad. The decision drives a rift between Maddie and her ex-girlfriend, Lena Miller, a loner who claims to practice the dark arts. After a confrontation with the football team, Maddie and her new cheerleader friends are sent on a supernatural rollercoaster ride which leaves a path of destruction none of them may be able to escape. I'm intrigued. It's a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed it. I watched it a couple of years ago.
1: Is it a queer film?
0: Yes. Cool. One thing we wanted to address is that we try to highlight films that are made by women in but the main horror,
1: episodes but these genres that we cover a lot have been male dominated dominated for so long so sometimes that can be really challenging so if we can find a film that is centered around women that has them characters like at the central story plot we we tr- we try to go to those because it's still even today Difficult to find movies, TV shows, recommendations that are created by women. So yeah, that's why we try to
0: pick those to highlight in the main episode. So sometimes our recommendations may not have a full creative team of women or... uh, Any women at all. Like both of these are written and directed by men, but they do center on a cast of women. So we're still going to try to highlight those... It's just we may not be able to always find something with the creative team, especially since we try to save those for the main episodes. It's getting better, thankfully, but still.
1: Oh, yeah. Every year, every year it gets a little bit better, but still trying to find recommendations that are from not in the last five years. It gets challenging because these genres, as film has been for a long time, is heavily maldominated. So sometimes it is a win just to find a story about a woman. So yeah, that's just our little message to say, do better. Not you. You're doing great. But studios, writers, directors will need to start employing more women to tell different types of stories. If it just happened more often, then we wouldn't
0: even have to be worrying about focusing on it because any film we picked would have like, you know, half the crew female or something. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, just something to keep in mind. But thank you for joining us on this episode. We haven't picked out our Noir
1: November yet, but um, we'll let you know what that is. We shall. And hopefully we don't lose any more footage of episodes. Yes. We had an issue, the the editing the last one, because we had a really good episode and everything got lost. So that was tragic. It is tragic. We may try to cover Yellow Jackets again. We'll see. Maybe that'll be a, like a January episode or a smaller episode for our Patreon. But y'all have a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Have a spooktacular time. Yeah. If I'll let myself if, out.
0: If you've been following along with the movie prompts, you know, tag us on any of the social media. Let us know. I know we've been having fun. Doing it's those. been
1: really fun. I, ha- I haven't gotten to do every single day, but it's been fun to come home at night and be like, ooh, what kind of movie are we watching tonight? Japanese? All right. 90s? Cool. What about siblings? Tight. We've had some good ones and some not so good ones. Yeah, the one I watched not last night, but the night before was uh, <sighs> not so good. So, all right. Well, we will see y'all next time. All right. See y'all in Noir, November. Bye. Bye. Also, side note, I think so these this hibiscus mint tea comes in these huge tea bags and it's meant for like a whole pitcher. I think Carl just steeped one of them. I think this is very concentrated tea. So yeah. if it kills me, because Laura, it's so strong. It looks kind
0: of like the sludge in Land Before Time. But it pink. Oh, it looks black. It is, it is like blood red. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fatal Fims. Have a question or comment for the show? send us an email at fatalfilmspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We're on almost all social media platforms. Just search for Fatal films or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Our logo was designed by Doug McCambridge from the Good Times Great Movies podcast. Check out his work. We also are on Patreon. So if you feel like having a little bit more Fatal Films in your life, we cover a range of topics there. So check it out. Thanks again for listening and we'll be back soon.